Good morning, members of Faith Lutheran Church, welcoming you to the 8 o'clock broadcast of our worship service from the Faith's Ministry Center Sanctuary. Today is the fourth Sunday in Lent. Leading the liturgy this morning is Reverend Adam Bridgman. Preaching this morning is Reverend Dan Taves. We will be following Lutheran Service Book, Divine Setting One. We joined the service already in progress. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to worship this morning as we continue our journey through Lent. I want to welcome everybody that's here with us and everybody joining us on the radio and and via live stream as this week we talk about Jesus removing our sins. And we're going to get a picture of that from our John 8 reading where the woman is caught in adultery and everybody is pointing their fingers at her and judging her, but Jesus has something different to say. And me and Pastor Dan were talking this morning, and we wonder, where's the guy in this scenario? But um, a few announcements uh, before we begin our worship this morning as we head toward Easter. Um, It is our third week offering this week, and it goes to our, if you look right down there, our third week offering goes to our Comfort Dog Ministry. I believe March and April are both dedicated our third week offering to the Comfort Dog Ministry. And she goes here, there, and everywhere, taking Jesus everywhere she goes. So uh, something to think about uh, as you make your, your offering, your giving today. Um, and speaking of Hagar and the Comfort Dog Ministry, March 25th, this coming Saturday, is the Board and Brush Fundraiser. Um, check your bulletin for the details in the time and place, it is, uh, uh, you, I think you, you do, you make art, and I think they have beverages there, which I'm sure makes for some pretty interesting art pieces. Um, but I'm sure it's a really great fundraiser to, to raise money, as, as Hagar uh, just takes Jesus and Faith Lutheran Church all kinds of places, so uh, be aware of that. Um, I'm interested to see where we go today with uh, John 8, as we're still stuck In our sin in Lent, that is the theme of Lent, just contemplating and being caught up in our sin as we get to the good news, which is just a few weeks away, as we celebrate the glory of Easter. And with that, uh, that's all I have as far as logistical things. So as you are able, will you rise for our first song? Our opening hymn this morning is titled, With the Lord Begin Your Task. This is found in Lutheran Service Book 869. With the Lord begin your task, Jesus will direct it. For his aid and counsel ask, Jesus will perfect it.
And we begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have searched me, O Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Gracious God, have mercy on us. We confess that we have turned from you and given ourselves into the power of our sin. We are truly sorry and humbly repent. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things we have done and things we have failed to do. Turn ourselves again to you and help us by your spirit, so that we may live and serve you in newness of life. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Our merciful Father in heaven sent Jesus into the world to teach you, shape you, and save you. Even in Jesus' last hours on earth, he prayed for us and forgave us from the cross. Because of his divine love and mercy demonstrated for us, we have one perfect final offering that pays our ransom once and for all. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, God. to God. Please be seated. Our next hymn is titled The Lamb. This is found in Lutheran Service Book 547. Gives me his 
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you knew us before we were born, and even now, you know what is in our hearts and on our minds before we utter a single word. On my heart, imprint your image, blessed Jesus, King of grace, that life's riches, cares, and pleasures never may your work erase. Let a clear inscription be, Jesus crucified for me, is my life, my hope's foundation, and my glory and salvation. Amen. And our first reading comes from Psalm 141. O Lord, I call to you. Come quickly to me. Hear my voice when I call to you. May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Let not my heart be drawn to what is evil, to take part in wicked deeds with men who are evildoers. Let me not eat of their delicacies. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And our second reading comes from Colossians. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite you to rise for us. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the eighth chapter. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, If any of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? 
Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. I didn't have a chance to say good morning yet. And how wonderful that we can be together today in God's house and look at this amazing teaching of Jesus from John chapter 8. Listen, I want to just uh, share this one verse for emphasis with you again. Jesus said, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, said Jesus. Go now and leave your life of sin. This is the word of the Lord that we'll focus on this day. Well, friends, you can pull out the outline if you want that you received when you came in as we look through the word of God this morning. Uh, you all know we're in this series this year called RE, R-E, looking at words that begin with RE, and our, our theme for Lent is Repent. And today, specifically, we're going to look at remove, about how Jesus removes our sin so that when we confess and repent, we know that we are not condemned, but we are loved and forgiven. And to learn this great truth, we have this beautiful example, the story of the woman who was caught in sin. So let's think about this again. You might want to have your worship folder open or Bible open as we look at these words from John chapter 8. And how does it all begin? It begins in verse 3 with these teachers of the law and the Pharisees who brought a woman who was caught in adultery. And notice what it says. They made her stand before the group. Can you imagine the scene? Here all of these religious folks who think that they've got it all right and all figured out drag this sinful woman in front of them all and stand her up, sort of parading her in front of the crowd. Now, I was thinking about this. 2,000 years ago, things haven't changed that much since now. When it comes to adultery, I still think it takes two, doesn't it? <laughs> so, you know, we always see this, and you go, why is just the woman here and not the man, right? They should both be there because they are both guilty of this sin. But you see, the point of this whole passage is really not about the sin of the woman, right? We're going to see in a little bit that the point of the passage is these Pharisees who are trying to trap Jesus and use this incident in order to make him look bad. She was just really a, an object lesson that they were using to connect or trap Jesus. It says in verse 4, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? And then it says they were using this question as a trap in order to have basis for accusing Jesus. See, they had thought they had set up the perfect trap because if Jesus said, yes, go ahead and stone her as the law of Moses commanded you to do, he would be in trouble with the Romans because the Jews had no legal right to execute anyone. That was a law reserved only for the Romans. But if he said, no, don't stone her, then he would be in trouble with the Jews for disobeying the law of Moses. It was the perfect trap, right? Not when Jesus is around what happens after this trap? There's this really interesting little verse, isn't it? After they said this, these words, it says that Jesus stooped down and he wrote in the dust with his finger. Have you ever wondered what it was that he was writing? Right? You know, the Bible never tells us exactly what it was. But if you were to ask me to guess, here's my Dan guess. What I think he was doing was writing down the sins of the people who were in the crowd and then drawing a big arrow that pointed right to him. <laughs> this is kind of my theory, right? It's, it's, so they're all sitting there and he's drawing these, writing these words of sin and drawing these arrows at the people. And then he has those amazing words. Listen, go ahead and stone her. But let you who has no sin, let you who there are no arrows coming to, 
let you go ahead and throw the first stone. And the Bible tells us that one by one, they dropped their stones and they walked away. And now we get to the real meat of the story, the real powerful teaching of the story, the part that reveals who God is and who Jesus is and his character and how he treats us. He says, Women, woman, where are they? Now go and leave your life of sin. I do not condemn you. So if you're looking at your outline, really the first thing I'm hoping that we gather from this story is that Jesus here doesn't step into the role of judge, does he? He doesn't step into the role of the religious leaders and the Pharisees who love to judge others and put others down and make others look bad. Jesus doesn't do that. He doesn't step into the, 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 the role of judge, jury, and executioner. Instead, he steps into the role of savior and friend. He reaches out to her and gives her what she needs. He gives her grace forgiveness, love, and encouragement to change her life and lead a godly life instead. I mean, think about it. The only person in the crowd who had the right to pick up a stone and throw it at this woman didn't even pick up a rock. Jesus was the one who would be able to declare her not guilty because he would suffer and die in her place. He would take her sin upon himself on the cross so that she could be not guilty, so that she could be declared a friend of Jesus. It's a powerful moment, isn't it? About how God, how Jesus treated her and how God treats us through his son Jesus Christ as well. So it's a good story, but let's make it real. Let's make it personal, shall we? What if it was you? What if you were the one who had your greatest shameful secrets brought out in the front? What if you were the one who was dragged up here today in front of church and all of your worst sins or mistakes would be sort of put on a screen for all of us to see? How would you feel? What if your biggest sins and failures were exposed for all to see, for God to see? Well, in a way, isn't that really what's happening here for all of us? Didn't we just confess our sins? Didn't we just say to God that we're guilty, that we deserve punishment for all of our sins and all of our mistakes? God knows. God sees these things. But he still responds to us in grace, doesn't he? He still responds to us in love. What I think is important for us to understand about the character of Jesus in our text is that he doesn't just look at the past, but he looks at the future. I love that when Jesus talks to this woman, he didn't look at the past, what she had done. He didn't give her a lecture about all of the sins that she had committed, a lecture about why adultery is bad. She, he didn't do any of that. Instead, he looks to the future about what he has done for her, loved her, about what he has given her, forgiveness, and about the new life that she can live walking with him. You see, he doesn't point to the past. He points to the future. And that's what Jesus does to you and me today as well. As we gather and confess our sins to him, he doesn't dwell on our past or our sins but he points us to his love, his grace, his forgiveness, and this new future that he has for us. And how does he do that? There are these two points in your outline. I, I want to just really talk about what Jesus did for the woman and what Jesus still does for us today. Right? This is so important. I just hope you, you take these points and you just walk out the door in the joy of knowing that this is what Jesus has done for you. Number one, Jesus removes our guilt and he replaces it with grace. Right, just hear that again. Jesus removes all of your guilt, all of your sin, all of your mistakes. He takes all of that with him to the cross and instead gives you grace. And you know what grace is, right? We talk about grace here all the time. The unconditional love of God that comes to us in Christ. The unconditional love that comes to us, not because we earn it or deserve it or because we've paid for it, because we work hard for it, but simply because we are loved and we are his children. 
amazing grace, the gift of God of, of forgiveness and, and love. That's the gift of grace that we have. And it's such a different understanding of that than our world. Because in our world, if you mess up, you have to pay for it. But in Jesus' world, it doesn't work that way. When you mess up, he pays for it, right? When we mess up, he pays the price for us so that we might be forgiven and free. That's exactly what he did for this woman, and that's exactly what he does for us. I love the verse I put in the bottom of your outline from Romans 8.1. There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Right? This is exactly what he said to this woman. He said, where are those who condemn you? Neither do I condemn you, he said. There is no condemnation for those of us who believe and trust in Jesus Christ because he has removed our guilt and replaced it with grace. Let that just stick in your head all week. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, no matter what the devil might try and do to drag you down into your guilt, Remember, that guilt has been taken away and has been replaced by grace. Is that good news, y'all? Isn't it? All right, flip the outline. There's more good news. Jesus not only removes our guilt and replaces it with grace, he also removes our shame and he replaces it with salvation. Again, I think about this woman, this poor woman that was dragged out in front of everyone and the shame and guilt she must have felt and that's the way shame works, right? Once we realize that we've done wrong, then shame quickly follows and makes us feel like we don't have any value or that we're worthless or that we're unwanted, right? But Jesus came to that woman and he takes away the guilt. And because he took away the guilt and replaced it with grace, now she doesn't feel worthless anymore. Now she doesn't feel like she's unwanted anymore. Now she feels loved and you see, that's the way it works in God's economy of things. Once we are forgiven, once we are loved, once we realize that we've been given this amazing gift of grace, it changes how we feel about ourselves and about our God. See, because here's the way it works. When we're living in guilt, we run away from God. When we feel guilty, we don't want to be in front of God because we feel like he's going to judge us or condemn us, and so we run away. But when we realize that the guilt has been removed and that we're loved and he sees us as his children, right, then instead of running away, we run to. We run to God, and we want to know him. We want to love with him. We want to be in love with him. We want to be with him. We want to spend time with him. We want to do everything we can to be in his presence. You see, once guilt has been removed, once shame has been removed, we realize that we can be friends of God, a friend of God. Right, look at the passage from Romans 5 I printed in your outline explains this so much better than I'm doing right now. St. Paul said, For since we were restored to friendship with God, we will certainly be delivered from eternal punishment by his life. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God all because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross in making us friends of God. All right, you guys should all just be smiling from ear to ear right now. You are a friend of God. Not because you're good, not because you've earned it, not because you deserve it, but you are God's friend because your guilt and your shame have been removed. And it's been replaced with grace and salvation. You are a friend of God. Would you just say this when they say, I am a friend of God. Here we go. I am a friend of God. All right, now say it like you mean it. I am a friend of God. That's what we learn in this story. This woman shows up full of guilt and shame, and she walks away loved and forgiven and a friend of God. Hallelujah, right? And it's not just that woman. It's what Jesus does to each and every one of us. All right, so let's make this Lutheran. What does this mean? <laughs> right, what does this mean? 
I remember we took a family vacation to Mexico, and um, the first couple of days, it's the first time in my life I had ever snorkeled. Have any of you ever snorkeled before? You know, you put that mask, a little snorkel thing on, a couple fins, and you float around the water, hold your breath maybe for 30, 40 seconds, you know, dive down as deep as you can. I thought it was the best thing ever. Until a few days later, we took scuba lessons, and I actually got to scuba right? Put on the air, the breathing thing, and go down deep, down where the coral were, where all the fish were. It was like night and day difference. I used to think snorkeling was pretty cool, but now that I've scuba, I can't snorkel anymore. It's like ruined it because I've been down deep where it's wholly better. You see, this is what I think happens when we realize how loved we are by this amazing Jesus, the one who removes our guilt and gives us grace, the one who removes our shame and gives us salvation, the one who makes us a friend of God. When we feel and experience that, we want to go down deep, don't we? We want to know him. We want to love him. We want to make him proud by how we live our lives. We want to scuba with him, not snorkel with him. Do you get it? Right? We want to scuba. We want to go down deep with the Lord. And he has some amazing things for us. I wanted to close with this verse from 1 Corinthians 2.9. It says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Do you love God? Are you grateful for the gift he has given you? Well, then look what he has for you. Something that your eyes, your ears, your mind can't even comprehend, he wants to give to you. So go scubbing with God. Dig into his word. Dig into prayer. Dig into worship. Dig into serving him and others. Grow deeper in your love for him. And let his love grow deeper for you. How blessed we are. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, at this time, we'll stand and confess what we believe about our amazing God. Today, we'll use the words of the Nicene Creed. And we boldly confess. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. And I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge my baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Gathered in the name of Jesus, let us turn to our Father in heaven and pray for all people according to their needs, trusting that he will hear us and answer us according to his gracious will. Hear us, O Lord. Mercy is great. For the gift of divine peace and a pardon with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Hear us, O Lord. For the Holy Christian Church, the proclamation of the gospel, and the calling of all people to a saving faith in Jesus. Hear us, O Lord. Hear us, 
For colleges and seminaries of the church and all who hold positions of authority in our synod, hear us, O Lord. For our partnership with Children's Hope Chest and our care point in El Arag and El Guatemala, hear us, O Lord. For the executive, legislative, and judicial, judicial branches of our national, state, and local governments, Hear us, O Lord. For healthcare professionals, law enforcement, first responders, and search and rescue personnel, hear us, O Lord. For victims of violence, hate crimes, war, and other tragic events, hear us, O Lord. For the strength of families, the sanctity of marriage, and the protection of all children, hear us, O Lord. For the hungry, homeless, widowed, and orphaned, hear us, O Lord. For the unborn, the abused, the forgotten, and the lost, hear us, O Lord. For all those struggling with addiction, mental illness, and chronic pain, hear us, O Lord. We pray for all those sick, recovering from surgery, or facing surgery, especially in our prayers. We remember Jerry Reichert, Cy Worcester, Perry Vandehey, Terry Sievert, and Cheryl Brown. We ask that you heal them according to your good and gracious will and keep them strong in body, mind, and spirit. Hear us, O Lord. We also pray for those who have gone before us or the families of those who have lost loved ones. This past week, Bob Axon, Axon was called to his heavenly home. We ask that you be with his family and comfort them with the knowledge of the resurrection and ease their grief as only you can do. Hear us, O Lord. And Lord, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of marriage, for those that have taken their vows and made promises with you at the center of their lives. We especially this morning give you thanks and praise for 48 years of marriage for John and Jenny Mendoza and 62 years of marriage for Joyce and Jerry Reichert. We ask that you give them many more years together centered in you. Hear us, O Lord. And we also pray for all those in our ongoing prayers and all those we now name silently in our hearts. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. And at this time, we just want to remind you as we pass the offering baskets around, how much your offerings and your givings mean to us as we further the gospel here at Faith Lutheran Church. Our offering hymn this morning is titled, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. To my heart to sing. Thy grace, streams of mercy, never ceasing.
I invite you to stand. Merciful Father, we offer with joy and thanksgiving what you have first given us, ourselves, our time, and our possessions, signs of your gracious love. Receive them for the sake of him who offered himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. We give thanks to you, gracious God, that you have opened the kingdom to people of all nations who call Jesus Lord and rely on his saving work alone. Though we have in no way deserved your mercy, with joy we receive the salvation he won for us. Gathered in his name, we ask that you send your Holy Spirit upon us to strengthen our faith through this sacrament. Continue to gather us from the east and west, from the north and south, through Christ, the narrow door, to the eternal banquet, of which this is but a foretaste. Amen. We're bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Jesus Christ on the night in which he was betrayed took bread and after he had given thanks he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said take and eat this is my body which is given for you this do as often as you eat it in remembrance of me and in the same way after supper he took the cup and after he had given thanks he gave it to the disciples and he said take and drink of it all of you this is the new covenant of my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And take a moment to share God's peace with those around you. Our celebration of Holy Communion special music is by our faith chorale, titled, Jesu, Lover of My Soul. Jesu, Lover of My Soul, let me to thy bosom fly. While the nearer waters roll, while the tempest still is high, hide me, O my Savior, hide till the storm of life be past. Safe into the haven guide, O receive my soul at last.
We thank you for joining us for today's worship service from the Faith Ministry Center of Faith Lutheran Church. All the members of Faith Lutheran Church invite you to join us for any of our worship services. We would enjoy sharing the time with you. For Ministry Center locations, worship, and education times, please visit our website at www.faithfoxvalley.org or call the church office at 739-9191. Any communication regarding this broadcast can be directed to Stephen Moore, Director of Worship, Faith Lutheran Church, 601 East Glendale Avenue, Appleton, Wisconsin, 54911. Until we meet again, may the Lord bring you peace. Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in body and soul into life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast, steadfast love Let us pray. Gracious God, we give thanks that you have refreshed us with a, this foretaste of the feast to come. And we ask that you accompany us in our pilgrimage until we enter the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now may the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you all with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Our closing hymn today is titled, God of Grace and God of Glory. This is found in Lutheran's first book, 8 by 0. God of grace and God of glory, on your people or your power, crown your ancient church this story. Amen.